Welcome to the Odds Checker Aintree Grand National Meeting. Day two, the Friday preview. I'm joined, as ever, to my left by the Odds Checker tipster Andy Holding, by racing journalist and broadcaster Tony Calvin, and Odds Checker's jockey ambassador um, over the jumps, Nick Schofield. And we've already done Thursday, so if, you, if you're coming here having not seen we've done a Thursday podcast, not seen we've done a Thursday video, um, and it, that racing hasn't happened yet, then do look out for it. We're doing a Saturday one as well, so three videos in total. And we're going to start with the handicap hurdle um, over two and a half miles on the Friday. Uh, Brio Conti, eight to one. One for Rosie, 10 to one. Um, Canardier, 10 to one. Mont does, Ava, uh, does Avalois, 14 to one. Pokerplay, 14 to one. Cateson, 14 to one. Um, big old field this. And I'm going to start with Nick to my right, who, who should have a ride here. Um, so can you let us know who, who, you, who you're hopefully going to be riding? Uh, Tedham for John Joe O'Neill. Um, Currently is priced up at 16 to one. Yeah, his second run in a handicap, one of 125 at Wincanton. Um, did it for me quite nicely that day. Um, I think other of the cops were as Wicked Willie. A few in that race have come out and won since. Um, he only has 10 stone four if the top weight stays in on Friday, which is a nice racing weight. He's a progressive novice. Um, he's running, you know, started off very slowly over two miles against Owl Dance and finished nice, encouraging races. I thought the handicap was quite kind giving him a mark of one two five and he objected you know obliged uh, being put up to one three one now so he's gone up six pound um you know goes there every time progressive novice i'd like to think he's better than his mark of 131 um still not a definite confirmed runner because he could um the owner's a northern owner and he might want to go to air so um it'll be entry air for him but he's a real nice horse and he's worth noting when, where he runs and if you, if you don't get that right is there a possibility of running uh, another? I scored Montezabar yesterday felt in very good order for Paul Nichols obviously Paul's horses are flying um, again progressive novice from last year mm-hmm. um, looks to have a nice race, racing weight and like a lot of Johnny Delahaye's horses they, they progress with time and he looks like one of them either of you two flagged up either of those two in your, in your reckoning? Certainly Tedham. Um, I put him on that day at Wincanton. I think he was in Manhattan that day. Um, and uh, got the job done nicely. Went through the race smoothly, as Nick said. Um, thought he had a bit in hand because he caught my eye in a couple of very good time figure races, novice hurdles. Um, if he got in, um, he'd be a serious danger because of his cruising speed and, and his freshness as well. I think that's another point. Um, the two out of Charlton, really, which stand out to me here, I think the Cold Cup was a very good race this year, often is, went the way of William Henry, but it was a massive bias to one horses that raced wide. Yeah. You went back and watched that video there. Anything that ran well up the inside, it was day two on the new course, it got churned up badly on the first day. Jockeys that went round the inside basically wanted, you know, shooting, really. It's <laughs> 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 probably slightly harsh. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, it's just a schoolboy area. I mean, it's just... It's blatantly obvious. I mean, I know there's like 30 odd runners, and you think something's got to go towards the inner, but if you've got a jockey that's almost deliberately going down and you're trying to save ground, I mean, Robbie Parra did it, I mean, he should have known better. He did it two days running, and he hardly got in the, sh- he got in the shake up. And Rob- Robbie Dunn did, did it on what's called uh, Conardier, who was a sneaky fancy for, the, uh, for Irish connections. The ground probably would have, would have gone against him. Uh, he wouldn't really want soft ground, all his best forms on good ground. He'd run well the time before um, at Cheltenham when he beat a horse who's gone on to win a, a graded race, um, John McConnell's horse. Um, so I am massively upgraded him. He basically had no right to finish fifth given the way he got ridden by, by Robbie Dunn. Um, he's, he's entered in this two and a half mile race. He's also entered in the three mile race on Saturday, but I presume this, this will be the, the, the race he'll come for. Again, the ground's key to him. 
if, if it's no worse than good to soft, then he's a big player. And Brio Conti also went through that race like a good horse. I noticed that Paul Nichols had entered him in the grade one. Yeah, he did, yeah. And I would have backed him for the grade one. He reminds me of top of the game. A horse, yeah. a bit of a, a bit of a boat of a horse, a bit of a shell of a horse. He's definitely going to be better in time. Looked a bit weak and a bit some, sometimes not all that coordinated. But he was good when he won at Ascot when he wasn't fancied. Um, and he, like I say, tanked his way through the Coral Cup. But he also arguably got there too soon, just like top of the game did the year before. Mm. Didn't quite get home. Um, but I, I think he's, he's got an absolute shed load of talent. Um, wouldn't, but the ground wouldn't be an issue with him. And he'll go well for a long, long way. Um, so I'd probably, at this stage, if you could give me two each way bets there, I'd, I'd be flabbergasted if one of those two just didn't at least make the frame given their run in the Coral Cup. Brio Conti and particularly uh, Carnardier, if, if they don't go around the inside again. Worth pointing out here, I should have said at the top of the show, that we are recording this on Tuesday afternoon. So we are not quite sure yet of the runners and that'll be fairly evident as we make our way through the card. Um, Tony, what do you like here? Um, Nick's already mentioned actually, Montezavoir is my safe choice in the race. Um, I was surprised that the handicap has dropped him three pounds for that Betfair hurdle run, albeit it was disappointing, but I think the step up in trip could suit this horse. Um, it needs to be ridden cold, the horse, and I can see him you know, travelling really well into the race. I'm not sure he's going to ride it because Lorcan Williams, who rode him at Ascot, uh, is on Mr Fizz and Mr Fizz albeit an 11 year old and the complete uh, outside of the field is is also on my radar if he gets all clear and like I say Lorcan Williams is, is already chopped up and I just thought um, I just thought the step up in trip would really suit uh, Mr Fizz after what was a, a, a really good run in the county hurdle I know he was beating a fair way in midfield at the end but he was up there a long way and all his previous best form for his previous handlers has been over this longer trip um, he's been eased in the weights uh, since Cheltenham. Like I say, I think the step up and trip will suit. Now, we don't know what the ground is, but I'm 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 leaning towards soft. It's, I'm I'm assuming it's going to be soft on the Thursday, drying out a little bit. All its best form has been on decent ground over hurdles so far, but um, it's only run on soft ground once over hurdles, and that was a bit of a blow up. But if you go back and have a look at um, his flat form, he, he's got some really good, decent flat form on soft ground. So. Even if it is soft, it wouldn't bother me. I just thought um, uh, odds of 50 to 1 plus, and I imagine you'll get bigger with extra places come, come Thursday afternoon. I thought Mr Fizz was, was potentially very, very interesting um, off that kind of mark, stepping up, stepping up in trip after, like I said, it was a good run at Cheltenham. Uh, but for me, yeah, if, I, if you're going to play safe, I think Mon Montezavoir sounds like he's going to go for the race. I think the handicap has done him a favour, and I think the step up in trip will suit. I think it's going to be whoever gets on him, it's going to be a nice creeping ride, and he'll be delivered late because he does tank for his races. He did disappoint me at Ascot, but you know, I'll be inclined to forgive him that. Can you shed any light there on the you know the, the jockey bookings? Why maybe Lorcan's riding? Mr. Fizz, if he, if he rode, um, Lorcan, you know. Lorcan's ridden Mr. Fizz when he was yeah. with. Uh, he but used to ride him when he was uh, when he was uh, when he no, was I'll with be honest, Paul Nichols clicks his fingers. Lorcan won't have a choice in the matter because he's a young conditional. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Nichols is, holds yeah. his license, so mm. if Paul actually wants him. He'll say right. You, no. uh, Paul's quite. But he knows he's got a top class. Paul's quite convinced. I've been in Lorcan's <laughs> shoes before. He might well want to ride Mr. Fizz, and Paul would be like, "No, you're my jockey," and that's that. But. Yeah. 
I think he I might think, have sacked him after our Frescott though. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just don't know. And like, like you say, we're only on Tuesday. But I think we've got you got to remember one for Rosie in this race. Second, it well won the EBF. Or, or did he? Yeah, or, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know actually what happened. Did he? Um, but he's off, he's still off 143. You know, I think that sets a standard. And off, if the top weight stays in, off off that racing weight of 11.2, I love the way it went through the race. Probably nothing went for it right for it in the race. Went very wide at Sandown and still come through like a very good horse. So I think. Everyone has, I think, one for Rosie is the one to beat. Mm. The interesting, uh, we should just mention it, just signing off on the race. Um, First, I'm at Henderson Horse with Gwilym McCrea, Cabrook. I I wouldn't have a clue if he's uh, well or badly handicapped, but uh, uh, that's, you know. Always interesting seeing those, you know, first connections being sent straight to a race like this, isn't it? Yeah, for for sure. Um, Obviously, the market doesn't always get it right with his first time at Henderson, next French horses. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes in the market. Absolutely. So moving on to the, uh, the two-mile uh, novice hurdle now. Um, and Itchy Feet, I think, leads the market, if I can get the market up here. Yeah, Itchy Feet is the four-to-one favourite. Fakir Duderis, who we discussed a little bit in the Thursday podcast and video, is six-to-one. Precious Cargo, six-to-one. Aramon, seven-to-one. Southfield Stone, eight-to-one. Felix Desji. 8-1, to one, Band of Outlaws at 10-1, to one, who we do not expect to see here. Bruin Upper Storm and Mr. Fisher, both 12-1, to 14-1 bar. Um, you mentioned on the, uh, on the Thursday um, edition that you thought the Supreme was a good Supreme. A couple of horses coming out of that into this one, um, including the favourite Itchy Feet. Yeah, I must have been going into channel. I didn't fancy either of the two Bolly Murphy horses on, on the ground. I thought they both won quickly round. or certainly their best form coming into the festival. Uh, been on on a good surface. Itchy Feet won an unbelievable race because it was definitely a race where you need to be handy. He often is the, the supreme, mm. um, and and Ruby was always travelling well at the head of affairs on on cl- classical dream. He was he was in cruise control throughout, and he had the horse to quicken away. So the two that made the upgrade uh, need to be upgraded made the ground. One of them was Itchy Feet. Um, he, I mean he's he's gone by good horses in the latter stages, um, incredibly eye catchingly. And like I said, given the time figure was better than the champion hurdle, and certainly the, the back end sectionals were, I mean, he's, he's, he's been a lot of good horses if you compare them to the older horses. Um, so I think the market's got this absolutely bang on with this UV. I suppose the, the slight issue is, is whether Ollie Murphy decides to run Bruin up a storm as well, because he's also entered in the two and a half, and that's the theme with this race. A lot of these have got the Saturday yeah. entry as well. Yeah. You know, what, what's JP McManus going to do? He's got three <laughs> in the race. If I could do Doris, of course, one. Star de Vol and Epitone was a bit of disappointment in the mayor's race. But he's also got Champ in the two and a half mile race on the Saturday, so you'd imagine that he'll stick with him over the two and a half. So what does he do with Pacadudoris? Got to run it somewhere, yeah. if, they, if they are going to go down that route. Um, and of course, um, you know, Nicky Henderson's got a, f- a couple of double e entered horses as well. Um, special Precious <coughs> Cargo, we don't know how good he is. He's out of form, doesn't look that good. He only beat a horse no. called Rose de Mass, who got beaten off a mark about in the 130s in a, in a juvenile handicap the other day. I, I find this race at the moment a very difficult betting one. I think it's massive angles and itchy feet. I think, he's, I think he's fairly solid at 4 to 1. He's still 4 to 1 a few firms. If you can get round about that price, even on the day, four to one quarter of the odds, I don't think he'd be too far wrong with him because he'll like the track and he won't mind the ground now, we know that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to sort of have a really cast iron beauty in you know, yeah. the full field. And I don't think you're going to get <coughs> something collapsing in the market. You might get the odd one or two going in every now, but I think you'll, you'll still get a fair price about most of these. 
Yeah, so maybe more a case of, of just keeping an eye on, on horses who's going to turn up rather than... I, I, think, I, th- I think so, yeah. Um, Southfield Stone, I think he might want to go right-handed. Yeah. I think mm. that's probably the best way with him. Tony? Um, I, my notes are saying it's, I think he's just an absolute minefield. Yeah. You've got horses, double and triple enters. Um, I agree that itchy feet, I would have no problem with that being favourite. Whether or not he should be as short as 11-4 to 4 in places as we speak here, uh, I'm not so sure. But, you know, there's nothing really much between... A whole lot of these, you know, um, it all depends on who's going to turn up. The, the way Nicky Henderson was talking about Epiton, if the gr- uh, ground does dry out for that one, maybe maybe that uh, that mare getting weight could well be bouncing back. And given the price she was at Cheltenham, maybe 14 to 1 is maybe on the big side. But again, she'll she'll have to settle. She'll have to, you know, perform a lot better than she did at Cheltenham. But Aintree might be more uh, track, but it's... It just looks an absolute minefield. Um, if this was the final, if we knew what the final runners, if, if the five day entries were the overnight decks, I'd still be scratching my head. But as we don't know what's going to run, it's it's very difficult to have a, a firm opinion at this stage. A horse I just want to ask you both about is um, Ruth Fiv, um, who uh, you know looks. Uh, it, um, we don't know whether or not again another double entry could be running in the in the longer trip on Saturday, mm. and with Andrew Brooks also having the favourite at two feet, you wonder if they want to run together. But seems. Maybe to be a forgotten horse in this race a little bit. You know, ran behind Mr. Yeah. Fisher, but since then has, has run very well twice, missing out Chartman as well. So this has been, entry's been the plan. It doesn't look an obvious grade one horse. I mean, I mean what's going to run, but you wouldn't want to underestimate him out of hand completely. Um, you know, we beat Getaway Trump, fair enough, um, at um, Kelso and one or two other, other decent horses as well. But if you look at his race at the time before at Newcastle, and he scrambled yeah. home mm. at a very short price, you think, well, that's not good enough, is mm. it? Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd and I guess Mr Fisher hasn't gone on to, to really not really no it. although I do think Mr Fisher is a little bit more of a player in, the, in, in this yeah. race than he is in the Super but they're both back being, on the flat but they're both Thomas Arby all ends up as well yeah great. but the, yeah. The, the Kempton run you've got to remember when he split um, Mr Fisher and Thomas Darby he was giving them £5 at Kempton as well so it was a good effort there um, although you know the win last time came when the favourite underperformed but again it's you can go through all of these, uh, all of these, and give them a, a chance of sorts. I just thought it was a, a real, real tricky race. Um, Nick, anything to add? Uh, as the boy said, it's, it's where they're going to run. But I'll, I'll flag up another one where it, it could go two mile or two and a half. Horse of David Pipes, probably not on everyone's radar just yet. A horse called Imbrigado. Um I was lucky enough to win a bumper on him at Utoxeter, um early part of the season. Um, he's now unbeaten. He's won two novice hurdles very impressively. Well, not impressively, he just kept doing enough. But after riding him, I just felt he only does what he has to do to win. And um, I was really impressed with him the last day at Exeter. Um, he's been looked after by David Pipe and they left uh, Cheltenham alone to go to Aintree. Um, he cost 180000 from the Irish point-to-point field. Um, is unbeaten since he's come to England. And I just think he's a progressive type. And if he did go too much, he'd be a strong stayer at that and wouldn't mind the softer ground. So he's just not... I think I looked, he's... 14 to yeah. 1, yeah, 14 to 1 with ball sports. Just, just outside the box a bit, um, unbeaten, and you just wouldn't quite know how good he is because he only ever does enough. So um, I really liked him when I wanted to meet your Toxter, and he's certainly a horse to have in your radar. A few horses there to keep an eye on. Um, we'll move on now to the Mildmay Novices Chase, uh, where top of the game is the 8 to 11 favourite. And Le Bagarois is the 9 to 4 second favourite, but I think we probably expect her to run on Thursday. Uh, as such, lost in translation. Has been well back today into seven to two, and then Bags Groove twelve to one. Who we, again to probably don't think will run here. Mr Whip twelve to one, uh, Chris Dream fourteen to one, Spirit of the Games fourteen to one. 
Um, so top of the game, the you know the, the heavily now odds on favour, Andy. What do you make of that? Yeah, I, th- I think the, the crucial thing in life, really, even more so in, in horse racing, is to hold your hands up sometimes and say you got it wrong, and to learn from your mistakes and not repeat them. Um, so much so that um, with top of the game, I've totally changed my opinion on him. I, I, I just thought he might have had a bit of a glass chin. He might be always one of those horses that threatens to deceive and, and, and then doesn't quite go through with it, but. I think he really come of age in the, in the RSA, and for me, pound for pound, the RSA was mm. one of the best novice chases we've seen for a long, long time. Um, it just looked a good race going into it. We had three stellar horses, and, and the fact that they were one, two, three, that usually tells you that it was, it was cleanly run, and there was the form should stand up. Yeah. And, you know, it's not the champion where all the main protagonists went, and we left thinking what what might have happened. With this race, the, the, the cream came to the top, and they charged up the hill in in a, in a really good finish. Now. That was the second quickest chase time I got throughout the festival. The Gold Cup was the best one, furlong for furlong, but this one was the next best. And astonishingly as well, and this is also the other thing I am really uh, want to flag up, is that top of the game would have beaten Altior. On the, if you do the screen by screen thing, you set, yeah, yeah. set it up when they jump the one in front of the stands and then do it to the, to, the, to the winning line. He's finished ahead of Altior. Again, it's incredible, isn't it? I know, it, it, you almost think, that can't, be, that can't be right, but he would have beaten Altior. So not only did he have to run a mile yeah, yeah. To, you know, already, he's, he's managed to then beat a, a champion chaser uh, over two miles. And then I said, he's quite an incredible RSA this year. So much so that I've, I've actually, I actually flagged up all, ten, all, three. all three horses for next year's <laughs> Gold Cup, thinking, Surely one of them will, will end up um, you know, going off very close to favourite in the Gold Cup. Top of the game is 12 to 1, 14 to 1 after the race. Delta work was an astonishing 33 to 1, which was ridiculous, considering he made at least three or four abysmal yeah. jumps on the way around. If he would have jumped better, I think he would have been a massive player. Mm. And Santini, and Santini with that prep and with that travel prep, yeah, so yeah, like, well. yeah, that's why I thought, well, I've got to put all three. Yeah, there's yeah. no negatives. They, yeah. all, they all ran their race. They all, there was all positives rather than negatives. But ultimately, go back to this race. Now Labaga were always out of the race. I mean, this is a penalty kick. Uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a star, this horse. Anyone he's jumping, by the way, at Cheltenham. Yeah. And because of his Nobody size and his scope, and he, he's literally just, just almost looks like stepping over them. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, he's just yeah. got so much scope. Um, that, I mean, he could be anything, this fella. Mm. And, and the, there's the rest of them, even in the greatest respect to lost in translation, that they're, they're, they're just not... Not in the same category as this horse. Tony, do you agree? Is yeah, I mean, you won't you won't find me tipping or backing eight to eleven, but yeah, it, I wouldn't have any I wouldn't have any issue with people taking that take their price if, if that's their bag. The only again, we come back to uh, the issue is it was such a huge performance in an incredibly strong race. You know, is it going to recall off the back of that? But if he runs to anywhere near that kind of level of form, then you know, then he, he will win this. But like I said, there's always that. There's always that doubt. The eight, that Cheltenham's Raintree doubt, isn't there? But uh, like I said, he's that RSA just looks as strong as form as novice chase form as, you, as we've seen in recent years. Uh, if you are looking for one, Topville Ben, you know, bounced back last time. We'll go from the front, but uh, like I said, a peak form, top of the game, and the one that we saw at Cheltenham will win this, and maybe eight to eleven. Could well be a very good price, but I don't play at those no. kind of prices. I, I, won't mind. I mean, even though I've you know extolled his virtues and saying yeah, yeah, yeah. you know he's the second coming, it still makes no appeal. I mean, I just watch him win and enjoy it. Well, it's, it's a kind of it's kind of one way you can say if someone said turn around to you and say that's he, it's, it's top price two's on, you wouldn't probably have much issue with that either, would you? But I no. just don't. 
my records and my <coughs> punting history suggest yeah. I shouldn't really be playing eight to eleven in a horse race. I mean, can, can we move on to the Melling Chase, now, Nick? Do you have any anything you want to take on the fab with there, or do you think it's the? I, I generally, I've never looked at top of the game, but as I touched on earlier, I was in Paul Nichols's, and I see him top of the game come out, and he is a mighty impressive horse. Yeah. He must be is seven, he seventeen two. Seven, like you, he just you look at him and think, if anything was, graphic, yeah, if anything was going to be a gold cup horse, it, yeah. it's him and. You can see why he, was, he nearly won a Coral Cup and he won an EBF final. So he was the hurdler, but he was, how he ever did that, it just shows the class the horse has. You know, um, I think it could, you know, it could be England's hope for a Gold Cup next year. Exciting stuff. Uh, on to a cracking race now, um, the Melling Chase, where we've got it's pretty tight at the top with Politolog, the five to two favourite surname, so impressive last time at seven to two, waiting patiently seven to two, Min five to one, Road to Respect six to one. 12 to 1 bar um, we're rattling through these uh, on the on the Friday and uh, Andy what I mean how are you making sense of this at, at the top end well Pondicus <coughs> and Connections are rather through a spanner in the works aren't they with surname yeah. um, given that he's got such an amazing record going right handed you'd think that they'd, they'd stick down that route maybe taking a punch down and sign off for the season but maybe the law of Aintree is just uh, too big for um, for some um, but he's up against Politologue um, Politologue obviously loves it here at Aintree. He's a much better horse going left-handed. Um, I'm not saying surname, but he's, yeah, he's yeah. in a left-handed track horse because he's run well here before. I was surprised if they both run against each yeah, other. Yeah, just, I know. Interestingly, a little, little bit of a drift today on surname, up to 7-2. to two. Yeah, I think they might um, just have a little bit of a rethink thing at yeah. the minute. Um, if particularly Paul's adamant connections you know, with John Howes, right, we'd definitely go in. and Because uh, there is all the big races to have with surname towards the back end of the year. Uh, there's a Sandown race. Maybe if they wanted to go that, down that route. Um, I think I think Paul said earlier in the week that they were they were leaning towards giving it a miss and then going to Sandown. Yeah. Um, well, they bump into a certain altitude, but um, yeah, I, I think I think I think that's that's the reason why bookmakers are keen to nudge it out. In that case, then um, you know, Pelletier is probably the bet here, isn't he? Yeah. He's the safety numbers bet. Um, I mean, he's not the greatest bet at the moment. Of all the nine or four shots you'd ever see in, in a season, but um, I think he's a worthy favourite. And then you've got waiting patiently, waiting in the wings here. I see there's been a bit of money for him. He almost looks certain to come here. Um, you think it might be because of Sonnen coming out as well. That's that's probably the case. It's, it's probably because obviously Lady Buttons is going elsewhere. Road, yeah, to, yeah. road to respect has yeah. been firmed up. But it's like I said, it's the, the surname situation. I mean, I think the plan was to always to give this a miss, but I think Paul said earlier in the week you would only really consider if they got a lot of rain. Now, they got a lot of rain on Monday night, yeah. and there was a lot of rain forecast on Thursday as well. So whether or not you know, they do chance their arm there, and it will be, it will be given its lofty rating after what he did at Ascot, it will be, he will be, you know, that we won't be 100, he won't be 7-2, it'll be 7-4, no. yeah. and, and sell for that as well, given what he did there. But uh, like I said, it's, it, it all depends, it all depends on that. The, the fact that Nicky Henderson is now running one in the Grand National, might uh, might just prompt Paul to, to say, you know, let's get a bit, get a get a bit more prize money under the ball by running surname here. But uh, if surname look, if surname rocks up, then I think it will take a be, good one to beat him. Be interesting to see which Harry Cobden rides. You'll have, obviously yeah. have the choice, and it would be a difficult decision between. Poly, you know, I would find it very well. It'd be a lovely position to choose, <laughs> but it'd be very hard to pick the both. In that, as a jockey in those situations where it's literally a toss of the coin, would you just say to Nichols? You make the decision for me. They're quite big owners as well. You yeah, I know. You yeah, all that's what I'm saying. So whichever one you choose will be the wrong one, effectively, yeah. in the long run. But yeah. could be getting good, off good, King, good King George winner in yeah. I'd, I'd put that one back on the trainer myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andy, you've been a fan of, of Min in the past as well. 
Yeah. Um, not a great showing um, no. last time out. So, I mean, is this, if you draw a line through that run, this is a massive price at five to one. Absolutely, yeah. It's just it's an uncharacteristically poor run by me. And that just shows you that perhaps he's not quite Deep mentally bit. always the full ticket. He's a, he's a little bit of a, you know, what side of bed he gets out of kind of horse. Um, and for him, that was just a, um, a run that, you know, you just start to have the alarm bells ringing with a little bit. The, the one that caught my eye funny enough going back to the champion chase was Hell's Kitchen. I mean, that was such a, it's almost like they had a prep run in that, that race. They mm. use that as a stepping stone for something. What it ends up being, I don't know whether it's this or whether it's Punchestown, but I mean, for a horse who's got a lot of natural exuberance, he often goes off in front, um, like he did ask when he beat Janika. I mean, they dropped him out the back. It was unbelievable. It was almost like you couldn't believe what you were watching. But I think everyone went out in that race to be yeah. out here and yeah. just queued up behind. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it was yeah. sort of just to be... And part of Jacob, no one would have took him on to two out, would they? Yeah. In, you know, they were all going to have one crack at him and then... I think, that, I think that's it, right. I, it, I, I think they, they, wrote, yeah. they, all, they all got together and wrote that technically. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's ride to get out of your beaten rather than ride, our ride, ride their own race. Yeah. Mm. And and they, put, obviously, that, well, he looked a little bit like pain. Yeah. As well, didn't yeah. 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 I saw your tweet saying it never went odds against this. Uh, never went odds against Artyom. No, it really. Sometimes I know you know people are at the track <clears> and stuff like that, but people do have phones, yeah, you know, yeah. and and people say, oh yeah, it's it's a, it's you know it's the it's the first time it's ever really looked like getting beaten in its career. Well, it traded didn't go above evens in running, and the year before it traded at seven yeah, to one yeah. against. I mean, although you have to have your own opinions with your own <laughs> eyes, and the in running market is a law unto itself, but. Um, if you go back and look at the race, given the way the, the horse always finds, you know, it's not surprising that it didn't go even money and given, you know, maybe the horses around him. But the thing about men, coming back to men, is they were quick to blame themselves rather than the horse, the connections. Well, they, we rode him differently. And perhaps, you know, but I didn't think they rode him that much differently no. to the way they normally ride, no, ride him. It, it, would, it would concern me the, the way the horse just didn't fire, but... You know, horses have off days, and if, and I think the plan, it sounds like the plan is to come here. And if he does bounce back, it would, it would have a very good chance in the absence of surname, perhaps the likely absence of surname. But I just thought it was a, I think this is a really, really again, a really, really tricky race, and mm-hmm. probably one where you just want to wait until uh, we get the final decks. Yeah. From a trappy race to a very open race now, on to the top, and um, where Janika, who looked to bump into a very well handicapped horse at Cheltenham, is the 10 to 1 favourite. Um, but where the bear next up, who obviously had a good time, um, had, a, had a successful run at Cheltenham, is 12 to 1, Ultra Gold 14 to 1, Theatre Territory 14 to 1, Call It Magic 16s, Bally Hill 16s, Adrian Dupont 16s, 18 to 1 bar. And you said that this, uh, in the Thursday episode, you said that this was a race that you, that you liked. We're not going to be able to spend too much time on no. it because we're slightly against the clock. But um, what are you looking at here? Um, well, like I said to, to you early on in the piece, I think Sam Benedetto has arguably got the best two and a half flat track form in season over a similar layout at Newbury, um, but he, he would want the ground no worse than good to soft to be interested to see how it does pan out on a Friday. He'd be a player if everything was rosy in his garden. And I, I'd certainly give Theatre Territory a shout. Yeah. Of course it finds winning difficult, but again you've got a horse that's been round the track before, ran well in the race last year beyond Ultra Gold. Um, we've got Sam Riley coming on board, we've got hardly any weight, I mean if, if he does get in I think he's right the way down number 36 on the card, but mm. there's 30 for him, a maximum 30. He, he, there's a good chance of him getting in. Uh, and the other one I quite like is um, Peregrine Run. Um, Peter Fye's, um 
campaigner. He hardly ever runs a bad race against some very, very good um, opponents over in Ireland. Um, he's always taken on the, like, the, you know, the best, like Denario de Zobo, Woodland Opera, uh, Snow Falcon. Uh, and he, he caught my eye the other day, they ran him over hurdles off the back of a 140 day break. Straight away I thought, I'm just going to watch him say he runs here because there's clearly the running over hurdles that they're using it as a stepping stone for a chase of some description. So obviously I'm thinking maybe Fairy House will punch it down. And I saw him declared for this and I thought, oh, I wonder if they've had the top of my mind for, for a long time with him because he's, he's that twilight horse. He stays through but he's, be, he's very effective over two and a half. So this being a two mile six flat out, you know, gallop all the way around on, on, good, on goodish ground, good soft ground, will be ideal for him. Obviously he's not been over the fences so that's a little bit of a, of a slight concern. Uh, so I think if you're backing one that you're guaranteed of uh, handling the, uh, the fences and has been there before and done it, it's, it's theatre territory. Uh, and the other one is definitely Peregrine Run, who's uh, uh, another one to consider. Theatre territory, 14 to 1, Peregrine Run, 20 to 1 best price with Labrooks uh, and Coral, although Betfair and Paddy Power have cut to 12 to 1 today. So that could be a price that isn't going to last too long. Um, Tony, what have you flagged up? Uh, I like three in this theatre territory is... Very, very obvious. What I would say before this, I would wait if you, if you, until the final deck before we have your bet because it's a 30-runner race. You will get some firms bet, uh, bet yeah. into six places, possibly seven given the nature of the race. But Theatre Territory just looks £2 lower than third last year. Ran poorly at Wincanton, but I think uh, Warren Gradrick said, you know, didn't really, uh, she didn't really like the track there. So, yeah, that's very solid. I can see that starting at single-figure price. For all, it's a very competitive race. Uh, I will be tipping that or Call It Magic, who broke my heart when trading at 1.54 and running in the beach. I think the step-downing trip will really suit that. And I think Monday night's rain and maybe some more rain on Thursday will you know, will really kind of like um, balance up against that one coming down in trips. So I think Call It Magic is the way it just jumped and travelled for a long way in the beach. And it stuck on well, but that was, you know, three mile two and soft. I think that's... I think that's a player it comes over. And one I've been looking at all season, I've had a couple of bets on it as well, it's, and it ran a lot better, albeit over further last time, is Flying Angel. It's got a really good entry record, and I really like the angle of that coming back in two mile five. I'm not sure it totally is at his best over three mile plus, even though it ran well last time. I can see Flying Angel, if he takes his chance, running really well here. So my three against the field... I'm not sure. It all depends on what prices they are on the day after the, the field cons, uh, after the fields are firmed up. So, field of charity, call it magic, and flying angel are my free against the field at this point. Flying angel, twenty-five to one. Uh, field searcher, as I mentioned, that's a, a double one there for Andy and for Tony's fourteen to one, and call it magic, sixteen to one with Ladbrokes, Bet three six five, and a couple of other firm, other firms. Um, quick word on San Benedetto, Nick, who you rode um, to victory last time. It was horse's first win for a fair while as well um, you know what chance would you would you give him in this company yeah no, he's a former grade one winner around eight tree it'll be it lucky because political log fell but if you had political log off 11-4 in this race you'd fancy him so. <laughs> um, but he is ground dependent that he, if he has good ground big chance if he doesn't no chance you know um, but he scored very well over the entry style fences. I scored him last week jumped very well jumped with Andrew Dupont who I would fancy if, even if it come up soft it's been held up round Kempton as well, fancied. Kempton wouldn't be the sort of track you'd like to hold up on if they get out on the front end. You know, he didn't have much luck in running. I thought he ran very well. I think he's the classiest horse in the race. For me, Adrian Dupont, if he turned up, um, would have a big chance. But, 
you know, if Ultra turned up, he's also in the national. If, the, if it is coming up south, Ultra could switch back from the top and won the race the last two years, would have a massive chance, as well as Warriors Tail. You'd put him with a big chance if they pulled him out of the national, if the ground did go soft, so they could drop that back into the top end. So horses like that, like the boys said, you'd want to be waiting till Thursday before you have a look, really. And worth mentioning as well, on the old checker grids, you can see the place terms at the top. So check, at, so check in on, on Friday morning, you can see each firm's and what place terms they're offering, because... In a race of this nature, you're going to get some crazy place terms, sixes, sevens, maybe <coughs> even more. Um, Adrian Dupont, as you said, is 16 to 1, currently best price. Are you likely to, to take on the run of San Benedetto here? Or? Yeah, I'm down on San Benedetto if you run. Yeah. Okay, fingers crossed there. San Benedetto. Um, is, is that positive or a negative, Andy? He rode the horse well last time out in a strongly run race and got him round and got him jumping. So. Yeah, you, I'll give you Paul's number, you just tell him. <laughs> <laughs> 20 to 1 currently. He wa- he'll be watching it himself, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you can send him the link. Um, <laughs> if you want to stick to continuity, then you use the jockey that got the best out of him, surely. Spot yeah. on, I couldn't agree Are more. you looking for an agent's <laughs> job? <or? laughs> I've got nothing to play, thanks. Uh, <laughs> finally, because there aren't any prices at the moment for the Aintree bumper, um, so we're going to uh, talk about the Sefton, the, the novices' hurdle here, um, which is the, the, the penultimate race on Friday. Champ is the three to one favourite. Dallas to Picton nine to two. Uh, Emma Tom for one. Greatrix nine to two. Lisnagar Oscar Andy, who I know you liked mm. for the Abbott Bartlett, but um, didn't quite live up um, to to the billing. But you know, ran an okay race anyway at eight to one. Um, Fourteen to one bar. Yeah, I, I, I must admit, I, I've never been so disappointed. With a, with a horse who's finishing effort as, as Liz Oscar, you know when you back something and you're watching it all the way around, think everything's going great. He's yeah. jumping, he's travelling, he's in the right position. I was so confident at the top of the hill. I, I, I was like, right, this <clears throat> this is going to come off. And given how he finished his race off at Haydock, he was so strong in the back end. But having gone back and watched it again, he just literally had wheel spin. The ground was churned up, obviously it was on the Friday and it was really sloppy ground and you go back to look at his Haydock run and the ground was good. Yeah. He was able to quicken and really like lengthen and he just got stuck in the mud. He literally just couldn't pick his feet out of the ground. Um, so I'd certainly give him the benefit of the doubt, but the, I think the key to him is good ground or goodish ground. If it went soft and they had a lot of rain and obviously on the Friday, it's, it's towards the back end of the day and that ground becomes sloppy and it does get really poachy there, mm. can't it? It ain't been very tiring ground. I'd have my concerns about him again, having you know, having to evaluate him again. Um, Champ, whether he'd get three miles, I wouldn't be necessarily sure. He, he strikes me as being a, a little bit of an okay corral, a bit of a flashy boy, yeah. a bit of a flash Henry. Whether he's an out and out stayer, I don't know. Um, it was interesting just on Lizzie Garoska. It was interesting that I thought Lizzie Garoska and, and Alaho were the two horses that travelled the best in that. They race, did, and then both of them just absolutely. Yeah, that just shows you how. Coming around the final, but just approaching the final band, you thought he was going to kick on and win. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I thought it was one of those two. I mean, Ruby was thinking so still on the both of them just completely. Absolutely. Good. I was literally like spellbound, um, dumbstruck, sorry, not spellbound, yeah. dumbstruck that um, he didn't um, even finish in the frame. Spellbound, then dumbstruck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, there's two horses in this race that, that I think are definitely worth more than the second lot because they're going to come here f- under the radar, fresher than most, and yet I've got them doing some very good numbers. On the, on, the, on the smaller venues, if you like. Now, Henry de Bromhead won the Albert Bartlett, um, Manella, yeah, know, who, who'd finished behind Alaho uh, uh, at yeah. um, Club Mill the time before. Yeah. So I'd say you've got a rough idea of what, what takes to re- require to win this. He runs a horse called Walkaway, just after two runs, runs in the same colours as Chris's Dream. Um, 
and he won a race at, um, I think it was Clonmouth earlier the other day. He beat a horse I put up called Final List. I couldn't believe how, how easily he brushed aside Final List because he'd run Wellington Good Novice Race. And then Final List went to Leopard Town the other day and bolted up. So that form's taken an instant boost. And I've noticed him, he's, he's an entry in this race. He's got a hell of a lot of talent. So definitely keep an eye on him. And the other one's a horse that Venetia runs, Geordie B. Um, yeah. He beat a good field. He beat a horse called Shambara Sharjah very comfortably yeah. at uh, Lingfield when the ground was bottomless. Um, it was all about stamina that day because he, he didn't look like he was going to win, but then outstayed the winner. Then that horse has gone on to win twice since. Bit of a disappointment in the Perth terms, but unfortunately Richard Johnson went round the inside on the, on the worst ground, which is again well documented. You can't do that to schoolboy error. Um, but his form actually ties in some very good novices. And he was in the Albert Bartlett trial race that Lysnagorovska ran in, but he got pulled out on the den. He was, he was only about seven or eight in one shot. Really? But the ground was too quick for him. They didn't run. So got, they obviously think he's a grade one horse, you know, having, run, having even, um, you know, decided to put him in that race that day at um, Haydock. So he comes off the back of a win the other day at Exeter, again, staying on very strongly in the latter part of his race. He's 20 to one. If the ground is soft, I'd, I'd also give him a mention. Yeah. Walk away 14 to one, Geordie B 20 to one. Tony? Um, it'd be in, well, I think given the way the Martin Piper has, has panned out in recent years, I think Dallas to pick up an obvious one in here. Um, I think it's a, again another strong runner of that race. The problem you can't be backing him because he's actually got four entries mm. uh, this week, including uh, in Ireland at the weekend as well as, as well as entries. So I think Dallas to pick. I don't think the you know it's not a too flash of price given the running doubts. So I'll definitely you know hold fire there. But um, coming back to the Venetia Williams horse, I do know a fair few people were absolutely gutted that he didn't take his chance at Cheltenham, especially what he went and did uh, subsequently. So yeah, I would. I would concur that. And like I said, I'll, I come back to the fact, if, if the Thursday weather forecast proves correct, I think we will be looking at soft ground on, on Friday, if not on Thursday as well. Nick? Champ for me. Yeah? Yeah, just for me, he's got the best form for you. Ran really well in the Ballymore. I think he's settled in that little bit better now. So for me, yeah, I think his best form in the race wins. That step up and chip, not, not an issue? No, Barry's very good at, you know, Barry have that in the back of his head, I think, can be as cool as you like. For me, he's just got the best form and his best horse. And best horse wins? Best horse wins. <laughs> it's really weird, isn't it, how sometimes you've warmed to horses straight away, and even though they run to a level of form that you have to massively respect, I've never warmed to Champ, even though, you know, no. the, the cello win, in, even though, you like, like I say, on the back of that, he's probably the one to beat in here, but... It's the kind of horse I will never entertain. I, yeah. I can't put my finger on why, but <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't really trust him. But but yeah, I think Dallas to pick on would be the one to beat if he turns up here. But that's a fair if given these uh, multitude of entries. Dallas to pick on's nine to two second favourite behind Champ at three to one. And um, the final race of the day is the bumper. Um, no odds as it is at the moment, um, so we can't really spend much time on it. And we need to move on anyway. But if, any, if there's uh, any entries anyone wants to flag up. No, it's, it's, a, no. it's a race I'll, I'll just probably just watch. Yeah, well, not, 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 not necessarily, but I'd, ra I'd rather just yeah. Wait, but, but if McFabulous runs in, I think he's a good horse. Okay. Yeah. He tanked his way through that newbie race. He made yeah. the made the run in. Looked like he was going to swamp and kicked again. I think yeah. he's a smart horse. And he met the Queen the other day, didn't he? Yeah. Be there for that? No. And not <laughs> invited. No invite. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, that has comes to the end of our Friday uh, Aintree Grand, Grand National Meeting preview podcast and video. We've already done one for Thursday. We're about to do one for Saturday. So please listen or watch those. And thank you very much to my guests for sharing their, their insight on the day's racing. <laughs>